This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Not everything metal was created equal. What an ugly thing to say. The Metal Sucks Podcast. Shiggity Chuck and Godless attempt to bring order to chaos or just make stupid jokes about dumb people. Stupid. A person below normal intelligence. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast. Greetings and salutations, my fine metal friends, and welcome to another edition of the Metal Sucks Podcast. How the hell are you doing? I'm Chuck. I'm Godless. And this is your weekly examination of all things metal, the Metal Sucks Podcast, brought to you this week by Creative Live. You want to learn how to record music? Check out our friends at Creative Live. We've got classes on engineering, mixing, mastering, all taught by artists like Between the Barrier and Me, Converge, Periphery, Dillinger, Escape Plan. Head over to creativelive.com slash audio to learn more and watch free previews and keep listening to the show because we got one of those artists coming up at the end of the show to teach you a little bit of that magic right here. We're going to talk to Yael Levy and do One Minute to Midnight in this episode. I was reminded of something recently, Chuck. I was reminded because one of the reasons that I left the United States was because of the incredibly high cost of healthcare, right? Yeah. And and part of the reason that healthcare is really high is because people are depressed and then what they do is they go and they get on these anti-depression medications that cost a freaking fortune, right? But see, this is the thing. This is key, right? One of the reasons that people get depressed is they're not learning anything. They're not motivated. They're not They're not following and pursuing their dreams. They're not coming home from their lame-ass jobs turning up the computer, logging into Creative Live, and getting excited about life again. That's what... That, that, forget Obamacare. I prescribe Creative Live for everybody, nationwide. What am I, it should be free Creative Live for everybody. One of my favorite and, things to do every week is to figure out where the fuck you're going to go with this. Because <laughs> now you're saying it's that... The, it's creative the damn Live, truth, man. Creative Live cures depression? Is that where we're going? Is that how this works? I'm just saying that you, if you were to do an article like, how do I stop being depressed? One of the first things they're going to say is you got to, you got to like try learning something new and you got to try following and pursuing your dreams. And guess what? Creative Live does that for you all the time at your convenience when you need it right there online. Do it now and, and tell them that I sent you because that's what I'm telling you. Get out of your funk. Okay, so so far it gets you new friends, makes you popular, uh, yep. makes you better looking, and now will yes. cure your depression. Try to convince anybody that anything I have said is wrong. And I'm telling you, I'm promising you, everything down the line I'm saying is true, and it's true of Creative Live. And something that will make you more depressed is the Metal Sucks Podcast, which you can find all, all over the place on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast. Search Metal Sucks Podcast. You'll find us and maybe leave us a couple of stars. Tell us what we suck. You can find us on social media. I am at Bearded Ape. I am at Godless Speaks and Godless Speaks on Facebook. You can dig us up on Instagram at Chuck and Godless as well as on Patreon. If you'd like to support us, we would definitely appreciate it. Thank you to all of our early adopters. Patreon.com slash Chuck and Godless or ChuckandGodless.com is where you can dig us up. In this episode, we are going to talk to a very stoic Johan Hig of, uh, of Amana Marth in this episode. 
uh, digging the new Jumps Viking album, which is pretty wicked good, and it's something completely different for them. And we got a chance to chat with him about how that works and the new drummer situation and, you know, what his home life is like. You know, I, I imagining Johan sitting in a garden. That, to me, was the best picture that I got out of this entire interview, I would have to say. Well, see, that's the thing. is like you picture Johan doing anything, and it it's really entertaining. That's the thing. He's just got that physical look. Like, no matter where you picture him whatever he's doing it's an entertaining picture well i mean unless he's cut like i i picture him where wherever he is he's got blood splattered all over his face that's how i see him you know like he's a viking you know i mean that's what i want to see also in this episode of course like i mentioned e.l levy he's going to be in we are going to be doing another one minute to midnight segment which is awesome I'm looking forward to that here uh, in just a little bit, helping out uh, unsigned bands, uh, get a little advice about their music, uh, and that's going to be a, a, a kick-ass one again, because people seem to love that segment quite a bit, you know? I, and a lot, There's a lot to love. It Really, I mean, because, I mean, the man's an expert. He really is, and I, I love listening to his... Uh, it's changed the way that I've thought about music, actually, which is sort of weird, because I've been in the industry and the business for so many years that... You know, changing my mind about stuff is is kind of kind of fucked up sometimes. But yeah, when when I listen to him as a produ- him as a producer and go, oh no shit, oh, wow, okay, so I hear like really lame music and I go, that's why it's lame. Oh no, oh no, I'm putting it together. So it's really cool to listen to him and talk about stuff. So yeah, that's very definitely. good. Now, yeah. one of the things that I, okay, so. We've been doing this show for almost going on three years now, and I have to say I've never gotten as many uh, direct messages, tweets, and or other things uh, (laughs) that I have since our last episode. And I apologize for talking about my balls so much in last week's episode. I really do. You shouldn't apologize about that because that that ended up being like perhaps the most interesting (laughs) thing we've talked about in three years. Um, Oh, that's sad. That's, that's kind of depressing. I, I, I got a tweet as well, and, and it changed. I This is what's interesting about this show, right? It changed the entire direction of this episode because I thought that I'd be standing here bare-bottomed, right? Yeah. And ready to, ready to, to report in on how I had my ass crack whacked so that way I can keep the dingleberries out of my butt hairs, right? Yeah. That is a it's, a, it's a, it's a big concern of mine. It's been a concern for a long time. And I think for the benefit of me and those standing nearby, if I could get rid of that, that'd be a good thing. But then on Twitter, I got this really, really great uh, tweet um, uh, at Buchanan Dowling, yes, at Buchanan Dowling sent me this great tweet. I'd say I don't think I've ever plugged anybody else's Twitter before, but the dude sent me this link to a Craigslist article. This guy had his butt done and talking about all of the unexpected consequences uh, consequences of having his butt waxed like what i don't know that well apparently like the hair in your crack is uh supposedly like it collects the sweat and makes it comfortable when you don't have that hair there the sweat sort of gets trapped and then your bare butt cheeks kind of stick together and glue together it'll chafe it'll trap the sweat in there and then and then also if you pass wind which i don't really have that issue too much but when you pass wind it'll trap the wind inside your butt like it doesn't go out which i thought might be a good thing but by the way this guy seemed to be wording it apparently it's incredibly uncomfortable 
Hmm. Yeah, but you're you're in Ireland now, so that sweating doesn't matter. You know, like if you're still here in oh, Texas, no. that might be a different that might be a problem. But dude, you know. I sweat all the time. I'm I'm just you know how like you know there's that really good looking guy at the gym and you see him and he's like he's like he's like doesn't sweat. He's on he's been on the treadmill running at a full dash for an hour. He doesn't sweat. Chicks love him because he doesn't sweat. I'm the guy who walked into the gym and it's 12 degrees outside. I'm sweating my ass off already. Well, I'll tell you as a, as a fat guy, you know, coming from a fat guy perspective, we've got we've got a lot of different uh, things that you have to conquer as far as smells and other things that happen to your body because you get extra creases and all kinds of other fun things that happen. Uh, shaving in particular spots and getting yourself bare in particular spots is very helpful. That's one of the things yeah. that has like gone a long way for me. But you, you, you've got to add things on top of it. Like there's, there's no just like getting the, the hair plucked out of your butthole and, and, and life is good. You have to like, there's, there's some maintenance involved with that. And you also have to like, you know, gold bond the shit out of that thing too. So, you know, you've got to, there's some other yeah, I've prep. never done the baby powder thing. I've never done that. Yeah. So, is that, but see, this is the thing is, like, before I got that, that tweet, like, I had, no, there was no, like, ifs, ands, or buts, no pun intended, that I was going to go get waxed, right? Yeah. It was like, it, it just like the dream is alive. You know, that was my reaction. Like, I didn't even stop to, like, yeah, Google you, to find dude, out if there's any consequences. Well, it didn't you, even but occur you to got, me. You got to, like, uh, come on. I mean, if, if you have it in your mind that you got to do it, go do it. Fuck it. You, you only live once. You got to try. Right. I mean, it's it's well, not maybe, but dude, it's not. I don't like want to be standing around at South by Southwest looking any more uncomfortable than I already am. But it's not like you're going to get a Saxon tattoo on your forehead or some shit. You know what I'm saying? It's not like it's going to be there forever. I mean, if you didn't Does like the it, hair, grow back. Yeah, it'll grow back eventually. I mean, it may oh, not be as right. dense, but it'll but it'll grow back. So I mean, you know. It, I, I guess I'm at this point. We got such a great reaction from our discussion last week that I, I guess I'm I'm soliciting for additional advice. I mean, do, is it possible to like you know go and get like a uh, a trim you know somewhere? Well, you know, like like go to get some. Well, dude, dude yeah. come on, that's like that's that that's a you need to have a relationship with your wife where she can shave that for you. You know, like take well, care, see, like take care of that for that's you. The, See, that's the other fun part, right? So, like, I didn't, I hadn't told my wife what exactly I wanted waxed. <laughs> and so, when, this is like a really great exercise for any relationship, right? So, so I say, uh, you know, honey, I'm, I'm really interested in going to get a wax. And what she says next is a really great indication of all the ways that she finds me completely and utterly unattractive. <laughs> oh, you're going to wax. And then there's a whole list blam, of things. Blam, blam, blam. Oh, you can do this, 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 or this. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> and I'm like, I never even thought, you don't like that? No, not really. Oh, oh, I had no idea. So, you know, now I've gone from getting my butt waxed to like now i got like apparently like this that now i got a honey-do list yeah. well yeah because i mean <laughs> for personal reasons you're going for one thing and now you gotta you know facilitate yeah. other things see that's yeah. what i'm saying i just i you know like when i when i got uh because i've got uh one thing I, I didn't really talk about was i've got piercings like all kinds of different piercings in different places and stuff and like i got one uh without the permission of my wife you know what i'm saying like i went and just got it and when I came home, she was like, what the fuck did you do? Uh, because I got a Prince Albert. And oh. and she was like, that, what? I mean, she freaked the fuck out. Oh, totally. And because, you know, you stick a, you stick a fucking piece of jewelry through the end of your dick, and you're like, what the fuck? And, I mean, she wigged out when that happened. But I didn't ask her ahead of time. 
and I didn't I ask for permission about the Prince Albert man. I, I got lots of questions. I begged about for forgiveness Albert. after it was over, and then ultimately it worked out because you know it turns out that now we can't get rid of it. We've you know I've had it for fifteen years, so it's it, it's not like it, it was a bad thing in the end. It just was something that you know go do it if you're if you want to do it, fucking do it. It's your body. You can do whatever the fuck you want with it. So, you know, do it and see what happens. You never know. You, your body may react differently than somebody else's. I mean, you, you could be allergic to the wax, and next thing you know, you got highs all up in your in your butthole. It could be it could be all kinds of crazy stuff. I mean, like, who no, knew? No offense, but I'm not going to take the advice. Just do it from the guy who pierced his dick hole. That's just <laughs> not going to happen. It worked out. <laughs> it worked out for me. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying. You never know. It might it might work out for you. That, that's kind of the point that I'm making. You know, just like on the other hand, like I was talking about last week with with my with my other problem with the vasectomy thing you know who knew that that was going to be the fucking problem that that was you know and that's that's been an issue which i'm really looking forward to going back for that follow-up these are the types of life issues that never come up for any member of a monomarth I can <laughs> so true so so fucking true uh thank you good transition there look at you all right let's get into our interview with uh with johan higg of Amana Marth talking about uh, Jam's Viking and all their cool. They got a tour coming up uh, starting in April and a lot of good stuff on the way. Johan Hegg on the Metal Sucks podcast. Congratulations on another album. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, that's that's uh, number 10, huh? Is it hard to believe that you got into number 10? No. <laughs> there's never a question uh maybe at some point but you know the way we work we never look too far ahead so we just you know kept working and eventually you're gonna get there it seems like with between the last album and this one was that like the biggest question mark of whether amana marth would continue in your career no no no, no. far so from where, where was that where was that question mark then i would say around versus the world uh, we we said that versus the world is going to be uh, the the working title for that album was going to be the end. It it was uh, yeah that that kind of was uh, the the point where we said all right if if let's this is going to be the last album let's do it and then do something else and then I don't know it went pretty well from there on. So <laughs> whose fault was it? Yeah, I don't know. It's I think it was all our faults in a way because we I think we expected. Uh, our career to move faster than it did, so we were really in a point where we, or a place where we, you know, felt that we're not we're not getting anywhere. We're stuck. We're treading water. And then, and then uh, that album kind of gave us a push that we needed. And do you feel like that momentum has been picking up ever since? Or is- I mean, yeah, I, I would say. I mean, obviously, there's been some back and forth. So it's, there, there always is. Uh, but uh, in general, I, I think that the momentum has. I mean, we've we've grown increasingly with every album. So, do you feel like you've grown um, with your fan base, with the the response, or do you feel like you personally and the band has grown? All of it. All of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the. I've seen thing. you guys live. You guys are huge. I wouldn't fight <laughs> <like> you guys. <laughs> It'd be well, hilarious you know, if, like, they, like when you were demoing, like you guys were all like five foot five and a half, you know, yeah, but six and a half now. 
<laughs> we've been growing ever since. I mean, not physically, maybe, but yeah. as people <laughs> and musicians, definitely. So, well, this is the first time in nearly twenty years that you guys have had a lineup change. Now, I guess the first question is: Have you guys decided on who is the drummer for Amana Marth? Uh, no, not yet. Uh, for for. for the album we uh, we enlisted the help of Tobias Gustafsson, who used to be be the drummer for Vomitoria and is now in Cut Up, uh, to write and record the album because I mean he's he's an old friend and we've known him for a long while and he has he's he's a very creative person and we instead of looking for a permanent member and then you know halfway through the writing process feeling like this is not the right guy for us and then have to start over again, we decided to work with Tobias. Um, so that we could focus on writing and record the album and then get in, get to looking for a permanent member uh, after that. So this spring now, we, we have a guy that we're going to work with uh, and, uh, you know, this spring and the, the summer. And uh, after that, we're going to evaluate um, whether he wants to stay with us and if, if we feel that he's the right guy for the band, you know, uh, we we just want to give ourselves time to write to find the right guy, you know. When you told Tobias that he was not going to be a member of the band, did he cry? <laughs> no, no. I mean, that was kind of took the, it, the, took it like I a mean, man. We would love to. We would love to have him in the band. Seriously, it would be awesome. But unfortunately, it's not possible. So uh, we decided to to write uh, write the album with him and record it with him, and then look for an, another permanent member. So. Well, you guys have a tour starting in about a month, so how is that affecting your plans going into this, or is that that trial that you're talking about? Uh, yeah, the tour, the tour is going to be kind of the trial period, so uh, we have this guy on, on board now for, for the, the U.S. tour, U.S.-Canada tour, and then for uh, the summer festivals, and after that, we'll see how... Uh, how things work out, how um, how he likes working with us, and and all that stuff. So, is it weird yeah. working with somebody new, uh, in like in that capacity? I mean, because you guys have, you know, like you said, have, have had what one major lineup change in almost twenty years. You know, is it strange like doing this? Is it a weird like dating kind of thing where you're like, I don't know no. if he likes to get appetizers or not? Uh, uh, honestly, it feels it feels uh, awesome. I, I think it's very inspiring to work with someone new. I mean, writing with Tobias was awesome. It was excellent. He's such a such a great guy, very positive attitude, and and uh, a great drummer. Uh, so it was uh, it was really inspirational to work with him. You guys must have guy. like the most like intimidating audition process ever. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> we can't talk we can't talk about it then no, no. Can know. Uh, i mean it's it's uh it depends it depends on who you are as, as a guy but you know we're scandinavian we we don't say much if we don't have anything to say yeah. so it, it's like uh you know all right let's try this song and then play it and then all right let's try next one if we don't say it's bad it's not bad you know, but if if it's not good, you're going to hear it. <laughs> so, did you reach out to people and say, "All right, we'd be interested in auditioning, having you audition for it"? Because I imagine you guys are on a level where every drummer in this genre would kill to sit behind that set. At yeah, this it's point. not like you're posting it on Craigslist or anything, right? Uh, no, I mean we we uh, 
we pretty much uh, just sat back and, and waited for people to contact us. And we had a bunch of people contact us. And um, a lot of them are really great, great drummers. Uh, but from our point of view, the first thing that we were looking for, I mean, given that it's not necess necessary, but uh, we, we were mainly looking for a guy living in Sweden and, uh, and you know, some, someone that we, because we, we're still a rehearsing band, you know. Mm -hmm. we're, not, we're not the type of band that, that kind of work at home and then meets just before the tour or just before going into the studio or something. We, we do rehearse. Uh, so it's, it's, uh, it's something that we, uh, we, need to we need to have a fairly close proximity to... to to the guy we're going to work with, so uh, that that was one key factor. But also the fact that we're looking for a permanent member, I guess that's that makes it easier if everyone kind of speaks the same language. <laughs> yeah, you know, and plus you don't want to get somebody on the other side of the world either. Yeah, I mean, it, it wouldn't be impossible today. I mean, especially not today when you, when you do have a, a you know internet and you know, you know you can send files and all that stuff. You know if you're writing material, but as I said, we are a rehearsing band and that, that would be really tricky. I would imagine that like when you change up a band member at where you guys are at now in your career is very different from changing up things in 1998. You've got managers and booking agents and record label and all these people who are taking an interest in who you take. They all think they should have a say you guys have built a bit of an image, you know, the, the, a physicality to what you guys do at this point. So I'd imagine you can't have, you know, a, a, a one-footed dwarf like the guy from Def Leppard sitting behind the de uh, the, the, <laughs> the set, right? For, for us, it's, uh, first of all, management agents and label have no say in who gets the job in Almond Marth. That's And they, they don't really want to have that say either so it's 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 all cool on that level but even if they did want to put a finger in there uh, we'd chop it off right away that's <laughs> that's none of their damn business you know what i'm saying Se second of all it's always for for us it's always about can you do the job and are you a cool guy you know uh that's that's the the main criteria that we have uh, well, and that's kind of what we were looking for uh, going into to uh, you know the audition process. But it's it's really um, it, it doesn't really matter as long as you you're a good drummer and you can do the job and, and you're a cool guy and, and uh, you know there's no issues. You know, you at a certain point too. I don't care. <laughs> well, that that dude, you know, like besides like being talented, he also can't be the last guy. And I don't mean that just in like he can't be the last guy. I mean like he, you know he can't brush his teeth the same way. He can't uh, you know have that annoying quirk. He can't smell the same. All that sort of stuff too, right? I'm not really sure what you're, what you're saying. I guess what I'm saying is that, that that the last guy. There are things that at a certain point you guys are like. I mean I get it. You know you were like yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how we get rid of him. Let's put him on a boat on stage. And well, if that's not working. All right, let's get a tower. You know, they're like build a huge castle around them so that way we don't have to deal with them. You know, and that didn't work either, right? So it's like you know, you had to put up with them for a little while. Now you want somebody else, different personality, completely. 
it's it's we're lo- we're looking for someone with a good attitude and a good personality that comes into the band and, and wants to be in the band. And that's for, you know when it when it comes down to it, that's that's the main thing. But you have to be able to do the job as well. You have to be able to play the drums the way we need them to be played. That's all. And that's do you find that to be the most important thing? And you can overlook uh, personality defects and. You know, if he's got a little tick every once in a while, or <laughs> or is it a combination of both? Like you said, it's got to be a cool person too. I, I, I think it's a it's a combination of both. Uh, but obviously, doing the job is the most important yeah. in my in my opinion. And and uh, uh, you know, personality things you can always kind of live with, and you don't really have to, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, stick, and stick together. But then again, you you literally live on top of each other for about you know six or seven months out of a year so well, that's why touring is a good trial by fire you know yes so, it yeah. is well and it, i thought it was interesting what you said about like the recording process on jobs viking was was that this was a very positive atmosphere it was really cool and refreshing which kind of implies that it was not always that way is that the case and this is like a this is a kind of a new I, dawn I, for I, you guys i, I, I would say that bringing someone new in into any organization will give a breath of fresh air. So it doesn't necessarily mean that it was bad before. Yeah. Uh, it's just that, you know, it was uh, something new happened, something really fresh happened. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You so, also yeah. said that this was the best the best uh, work that you guys have done so far. How much of that is yeah. bullshit and how much of that do you really believe? I, I, I truly believe that. It's, yeah. it's funny because it, like, you always say that about the last Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Because it, it's new to you. It's fresh. Yeah. But for this album, I, I don't know. It's, it's something extra. It's something. It's more than that, you know. It's yeah. more than that famous cliche. And I think there's a number of reasons for it. First of all, the way we went about working on this album. I mean, it's a, it's a concept album with a story. And we wrote the music sort of like move, like a, a score music for a movie, the, you know, trying to um, build an atmosphere throughout the whole album and all that stuff. And then, obviously, with the style of drumming that Tobias brought to the table, which I, I think really fits our music really well, because he, the way he drums, it, Somebody said that you know it, it's like the the production has more air in it. There's more room for guitars and everything to to you know come out of the production, and I I, I totally agree with that. Uh, so there's so much so many elements that goes into this album, which are maybe not huge differences, but you know small things that really lifts this album much more than maybe would have normally done if we wouldn't have gone through all all these stuff that we've gone through and and uh if we didn't if we didn't decide to do it as a concept album and all that stuff so why did you decide to do the concept album now why why not before now was it just a, a missed opportunity before this or you guys just decided that this was the time i think the idea has been there before uh but this time was the first time that we actually had a complete story to work with. So I actually literally wrote a story of 140 pages, like movie script type uh, story. And we decided to base the album on that script, so to speak. So it's the first time that, that we really 
had something that we felt we could build a whole album around so was that something that you had hanging around or do you are, are you writing like that on the side just all the time no it was it was it was a private project that i started about two years ago and uh, or yeah two years ago and i started writing it to see if i could pull it off really uh and then when we started talking about what to do for the next album i suggested that we could use that story as a as a concept story for the album and and uh, i showed it to the guys and they they liked it so yeah here we are <laughs> will, will that become anything else in the future or is that something you can pitch to a movie studio or something like that uh i mean since i've wrote it written it i, I obviously sent it to some people that i know that are in the business but if if it will ever come anything out of it i i highly doubt it you know it's it's my first effort you know it's it's definitely not a hundred percent as far as movie scripts go and yeah it's it's uh you know i'm I'm kind of a novice in, in that department but we we have been talking about doing different things uh one idea was to maybe do like a comic book thing based on on the story uh but um we 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 didn't really have time to do it before the album release, but uh, we might be able to do it later on. We'll see. Yeah, that's so funny. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, wow, graphic novel would be really cool. That yeah, 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 something like that would be pretty awesome. I don't know. I think you're going to wind up writing uh, writing episodes of Vikings here at some point, right? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think Michael Hurst does a pretty pretty good job at it, so I I don't really have to <laughs> I don't really have to take his work away from him. I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you can physically threaten him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I met him uh, the other week, so yeah, he's he's a really cool cool guy. That's got to be cool, just in general in life, to be able to physically intimidate and threaten anybody, you know, <laughs> to get what you want. I mean, how, how much of a Mon Marth success? I mean, your music is awesome, obviously, you know. But is there ever been a time where you've been able to like look at a promoter and go, "No, you are going to give me my guarantee." You know what I mean? Where that's just not going to work if somebody else tries it. Uh, yeah, there's been a couple of incidents. Uh, I, I remember uh, uh, there being uh, one. One incident in Belgium where uh, we played a small festival and and uh, and uh, the promoter was I, I I don't know he was kind of trying to not pay us the full fee after we pulled played the whole show and um, we just walked in there with our tour manager and say hey, cough it up and uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's and that's all they gotta say that's it done yeah. you know. <laughs> Yeah. That's like some of that like unorthodox music business advice that never get dishes out. Like you should, your basis should always be seven feet tall. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's a that's a good idea. I mean, like whenever like a band like gets successful, you always hear about how well it just changes them a little bit because they become you know they take the the lifestyle of the band home with them, right? But like with you guys, there's like a lifestyle on steroids. You know, there's it's not only that you guys are are rock stars but you guys are you know you you are cartoon characters in a way as well so do you go home and you know have that sort of superhuman uh presence in your house you know the same way you do on stage nah fuck no my my wife would beat me up if i did <laughs> you know that's not true though you gotta come back from tour for like two or three days you're like i am not doing the dishes and if you got a problem with that you know uh, 
I, actually, to, to be to be honest, you know, it's 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 really some. It, it can be. It takes a couple of days to adjust to home life after being on tour for a while. It does, you know, because you're used to not having to cook or not having to clean and not having to make your bed or whatever. You know, you're just used to people telling you where, what to do and where to be and when to be where and what to you know all that kind of stuff. And you get fed at on certain hours and you. You know, <laughs> you don't have to worry about anything. And then all of a sudden, you kind of have to take care of all that stuff yourself. And obviously, it's, it's, it can be, can be pretty tricky to, to you know, adjust to, to normal life. But in general, I mean, I obviously can just speak for myself. But in general, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not a big deal. I mean, we're not rock stars in that sense. You know, it's... it's uh, we're pretty, at least me, when I'm home, I'm a pretty normal guy. You know? See, I would think that like the real challenge is just how you're treated. You know, like you, you, you arrive at a venue and everything is geared around making sure that you are happy and, and you leave happy. You know what I mean? And then you go home and... Yeah, get the groceries know, out of the gotta, car and uh you yeah, know yeah maybe you yeah. got a special wife and she always makes sure that you you know you know you're number one. i don't <laughs> know but that that probably is an adjustment for her to deal with as well no i think i think the trickiest thing at least from for for us is is the fact that i'm away that much so much because one thing that happens when you're on the road is that you forget that life goes on at home it's not you know time doesn't stop over here <laughs> you know things life happens when you're on the road you know so you kind of have to stay in touch and really keep up with what's going on and the ways it's going to be grumpy faces and all that stuff. You know, we have a really good relationship and my wife knew what she, what she was going, getting into when we got together and all that stuff. So that's not a big problem. And, and honestly, the first thing I ever do when I get home, because we live in the countryside, almost no matter what weather it is, I make a hot cup of coffee and I go outside and I sit in my garden and just look at no one. Because I'm, but when I get home, I'm so tired of people. I just don't. I just don't want to see anybody. You know. <laughs> do you ever send for your wife while you're on tour? I mean, I imagine that that's what you do uh, when you're on tour. You send for things, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it depends on you know the, the tour schedule and stuff like that. But every once in a while, we'll we'll plan it so that she can come out to a couple of shows or or a couple of years ago. Uh, I, I know we we did. Um, uh, basically, we went on a two-week vacation, and then at the end of the vacation, she flew home, and I flew directly to the tour. So, uh, and we've done the opposite as well. Like I, you know, uh, at the end of the tour, she flew flew into the tour, and and uh, we had it. We ended the whole thing with a two-week vacation before going home. So, I guess, I guess you know, in in some ways, it's it's a good way to do things, uh, so that they, you know. You have that connection, but oh, it's just so funny how uh, how everybody who's got you know who's been on tour, everybody we've talked to over the years has, has got just different ways of dealing with uh, the stuff at home while they're on tour, the stuff at home once they get back. And I mean, it, it seems like everybody you know this is a common thread through everybody, obviously. And it's always interesting to find out like like what takes your mind out of it, what can put you back, put your feet back on the ground again. Oh, I mean, for, for us in the band. First of all, you know, we're, we're pretty good at keeping each other grounded in the first place. You know, yeah. if somebody starts going away to cuckoo land and behaving like a complete ass, you know, the other guys are going to let you know, you know, and that's, 
that's the way it is. But uh, also, to this day and age, when it's so easy to stay in touch through like cell phones and Skype and whatever, you know, it's uh, you you stay in touch with the people back home, and and uh, that kind of keeps you grounded as well. So I know. So it seems like some ways that that also might make it worse. Like uh, I could talk to you every day, but I can't be there. You know, like yeah, or something. You know, something's happening. I can't. I can't fix it. You know. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's one one part of the story as well, of course. And it it's funny as well. I think Olavi said it the best. It's it's like he he said that you know everything can be fine at home with the house, with the car, with you know the pets, with everything. The minute I go on tour. Something will fuck up that I cannot take care of, you know. Yep. And you know, it's just one of those things. Like shit always happens when you go on tour. <laughs> and then you're in debt to the wife when you get home. Right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah, you, you're constantly in debt. Doesn't matter, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you got kids, or are you, just, you just hitched and that's it? I got cats. Cats. cats are yeah, they're easier than kids. Definitely, I can vouch for that. Yeah. But they're bigger assholes. <laughs> bigger personalities, maybe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Says a cat lover, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I didn't picture you with, like, huge-ass dogs or anything, but I didn't picture you being a cat guy either. I don't know why. Uh, I, I wasn't really a cat guy until I got married. My wife had three cats when we when we got together, mm. so. But I, I, I like dogs i like cats i like all animals actually so yeah i pictured um, you, you know, more like a like a whatever i caught on my way home type of animal <laughs> lover you know uh well you know uh, i used to live in the city so i don't know maybe rats and <laughs> magpies and will the viking ship be returning on this tour uh no it oh. will not but we have something else planned that's going to be pretty awesome as well so oh. it's going to be a pretty cool setup on stage and the problem with the Viking ship, it's it's uh, what we we like to call our inverted spinal tap Stonehenge <laughs> thing, because that thing is just ridiculously big, you know. Uh, so it doesn't really fit anywhere on a on on the stages we play in the U.S. Just a couple of shows, maybe. So instead, we decided to to build a completely new stage set that we're going to take on tour with us and have some fun with do you have the viking ship like attached to the side of your house yeah i was gonna now? say it's like it's gotta be you gotta hang it around somewhere hey it, it would probably be about the same you know work very well with the house it's that big but yeah no i don't <laughs> yeah so where, where, where do you, you you put it in storage what do you do yeah it's in storage it's yeah. in storage oh. in the in California somewhere. Yeah, because yeah, I remember we talked to Glenn Benton. He's like, I got the, that huge upside down cross from whatever tour back in 90 something. It's still out of my backyard. You know, that, was like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, we, we, uh, one of, one of the old, uh, we, we've built three Viking ships, two in Europe and, and one in the US. And one of the first ship we built in, in, in Europe, we actually donated to a festival, uh, here in the, in Europe and in, in Germany called Summer Breeze. So now it's, it's a, it's a bar. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Which is pretty cool. <laughs> That's awesome. The new album, man is, is, yeah, I can't wait for everybody to hear it. It's going to be, it, I have to agree. I, I don't want to say it's your best work. Cause I, I don't want to slight the last nine records that I, that I've loved from you guys. So, but jumps Viking definitely has a different feel to it. Definitely is a, has got something else going on from you guys that we've never heard. So congratulations on that. And, 
And, thank uh, you very much. And thank you, man. Look forward to seeing you on tour this year. It's going to be awesome.
find the Modern Vinyl Podcast. Modern Vinyl says, if you're gonna advertise a podcast, make it hot. It's music. It's funny. It's uncomfortably emotional. Roundtable album discussions, all your favorite Modern Vinyl games, and some of the most fantastic guests in music, all on the Modern Vinyl Podcast. The record store talk coming through your headphones. Subscribe on iTunes or visit modern-vinyl.com.
Metal Sucks Podcast brought to you by Creative Live. You want to learn how to record music? Check out our friends at Creative Live. They get classes on engineering, mixing, and mastering taught by artists like Converge, Periphery, Dillinger, Between the Bear to Me, creativelive.com slash audio. If you want to learn more, watch some pre-previews and educate yourself. Maybe get some more friends, cure your depression, all kinds of great stuff that can come out of this for sure. All right. New music right there from uh, Textures. That one's called uh, New Horizons. You were not into that when I first started playing that song. But I, I think you were converted after it kicked in, yeah. right? Yeah, because the first bit, I was like, oh. I, I like that, though. I, li- I kind of like the, the, the dynamic of that. You know, it gives well, it a I little. Think part of it was you played a song right before it and said, you know, what do you think if we played this one? Oh. And that, that was <laughs> truly painful. I mean, just like, oh. God, no. Oh, this is a topic that we're going to get into, I think, maybe for next week's show as far as like uh, bands that, that labels are signing and some other stuff that are that, that are just that might drive you up the wall. So, uh, yeah, make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast because we got uh, we got some good topics on the way uh, as we go. And speaking of good topics, we've got one great one right here. Uh, it's a, a segment that uh, that my friend Godless came up with over here called One Minute to Midnight with none other than Yal Levy. A band has one minute or less to make a lasting impression on a label, producer, or fans. One minute, one minute. to be weighed and measured. 60 seconds. One minute to midnight. We're back with another segment with the great Isle Levy of uh, One Minute to Midnight where uh, we take two undiscovered metal bands who have submitted their music into us. They've given us 60 seconds and 60 seconds only of their music and they want to be discovered now. They are being discovered for better or worse <laughs> by Isle Levy. So, Isle, it's good to have you back again. Oh, thanks. Thanks for having me back. I'm always happy to be here. Yeah, this is definitely right, so one of our most popular segments for sure. People love, uh, I, and I can't tell whether it's not uh, whether it's because you give such good advice or they want to hear uh, they, they want to hear about how bad the bands are. Nah. Well, <laughs> well, last time we had this segment, we had two bands that actually were pretty good for what we were able to hear. It was just a context issue, but uh, the the thing that blew me away, and everybody's got to go back and listen to that episode if you haven't yet, uh, especially if you like the one minute to midnight uh, uh, premise and and. And, and what we do here, because you gave some like monstrously powerful advice about songwriter, vocal songwriting mm-hmm. that to me was like a revelation from, you know, I've listened to music since I was three and I, I never realized how the musicians did that. And you just like, boom, that's how you do it, man. Now, oh, kick ass. Well, I mean, the thing is you can break it down to that's how you do it. But obviously the genius part, you can't quantify like that extra 10%. But I always advocate that, if people want to reach that 10%, that extra 10% that makes them great, then they should get the other 90% firmly under their belts. And the other 90% is just math. It's literally just like what I was saying in the last episode. Take these patterns, vary them a little right here. Come up with variations off of those variations until you like something. It's literally little simple tricks like that that you just do and you get under your belt so that when you are feeling creative that stuff just flows that's that's really all there is to it um the thing is that if you get into a creative flow state um and you don't have the technique to uh properly translate your ideas then you're gonna you're wasting you're wasting ideas you're wasting perfectly good 
moments of inspiration. Well, let's see if uh, let's see if our next contender, Sweet Little Machine, has got any decent ideas here on One Minute to Midnight. All right. That's Godless showing his pop punk glove right there. Is what that is. I'll me and the chicks dig it. What do you think? Uh, well, that's kind of what I thought I was getting myself into at first when I hit play, and I was hoping that's what I was going to be getting because you know I like bands like Fall Out Boy. Sorry, I just do. I think they're good, and even older than that, I like bands like Green Day. I think that those types of bands, um, you know, they're they're like candy. Like they. Just make really good sounding, easy to stomach stuff. And I think there's definitely value in that kind of music. And obviously the market agrees because it sells. But that's what I thought I was getting with this when I first heard the riff. And then I realized that's not quite there. But it could be, but it's not. And so let's just take this apart. Um, intro riff comes in. You think you're going to get a big like pop punk like anthem. That's definitely what they're trying to do. But then I started to notice that it's out of tune and I could hear a bunch of pick noise. So immediately I started thinking, all right, they recorded this themselves or somebody recorded it, but it's uh, pretty amateur sounding. Then the rest of the band came in and I realized I was right. The band needs a producer, first of all, who's going to tweak their shit just a little to make it work. And I'm saying that because their shit almost works. Everything's kind of in the right place but not much stands out, but it almost stands out, if that makes sense. And I've said this before about bands that submit, but these are the kinds of things that a good or great producer would fix. This is good raw material. You should be proud of that, at least. I've had situations, and I've been involved in situations where, you know, some records that I've worked on have sold pretty damn well, and the raw material was way worse than this. So if a band was coming in with this to the studio, I would say, awesome, let's get to work and take this from a B- minus to an A- plus or something, you know, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. So here's what I would specifically fix besides the actual mix. Like, I don't even want to comment on that so much besides just saying get a real mixer. First of all, the vocalist is way too busy. Like, he just goes on and on and on and on almost in every part. And the problem is that, you know, I was only supposed to listen to the first minute, but I listened to the entire song because I was waiting for this big pop-punk chorus to happen. And I think the chorus happens at 108, I think. And that's a problem. I shouldn't be wondering if that's the chorus. Like, it should be readily obvious. Like, when you listen to a Fall Out Boy song and the chorus hits, there's no question 
about whether or not that's the part that three uh, 12-year-old girl and their mom and their boyfriend are supposed to sing for the rest of the year. <laughs> like, it's totally put, yeah, it's constructed into the song, and it's the most important thing there. And so when this song gets to the chorus, I think it's the chorus, and the reason I think that is because they do this call and response thing, which is kind of cliche in this kind of music. It works, but then the thing is, after the call and response thing, it just kind of goes back to sounding just like the first and the pre-chorus. So I don't really know what's going on. So I guess what I'm getting at is there's not really much variation between the parts. And also, when the vocalist starts singing at the beginning of the song, it's almost like he doesn't stop until the end of the song. So you don't really know... I don't really know what's going on. I like that towards the end, they try to do this uh, this uh, pop-punk sing-along part. Those parts work really, really great. Even bands like um, August Burns Red will have parts like that. I mean, that's something that has, you know, it's not just a pop-punk thing. Like, a lot of popular scene bands do that. Like, it works. But in this song, it comes in way at the end, and out of place, and it's not really based on some strong theme. Like, normally, you'll have, like, the award-winning chorus, right, that they've hammered into your skull. Uh, that's just the catchiest thing ever. And then it'll go to a bridge or something towards the end of the bridge where they'll break it down and then have the sing-along be a variation off of that chorus. And that typically works very well because it's, you know, another way of delivering the part you love. But since you don't even know in this song which is the part you're supposed to love, it doesn't make sense. So they have the right idea to have that kind of part. It's kind of like, you know, what kinds of parts do popular bands have? Well, they all have a sing-along at some point, so let's check that off the list. But the thing is, they didn't put it in at the right spot. So, you know, like I said, they kind of have the right elements, but not much stands out, and they're kind of in a weird order. Uh, a good producer would get the vocalist to change his parts up, first of all. Um, second of all, harmonically speaking, there's really not much going on between the parts to where you could write much variation. Lots of times, if you want to have a different melody, write different chords, because different chords will create... Um, will force you to find different melodic ideas. Like, it's really that simple. Change the key, change the chord progression, and you'll have to change the melody. Um, and if you can't hear that the melody would need to change it when you change the key, then maybe you need to go back to uh, ear training or just not be in music at all. But <laughs> it would be directly obvious that when you change the key, a different melody would, uh, would present itself. So that's kind of like my overall critique of this song is that it's just samey, samey, samey. And so even where you would want something different, it's almost like they don't set it up to where uh, different ideas could even really flourish. And it's funny about pop punk because everybody thinks it's so simple and so so bubblegummy, but there really are some specific things that you have to be that you've got to watch out for that are that are built into it. And and if you're if you miss some of those, like like what you're saying, is as far as like it's it's got to be shiny, glossy. It's got to feel a certain way, and it tries to, but yeah, not, but yeah. yeah. If you think it's so simple, try writing it. Yeah, right. Um, that's my answer for everyone who thinks that pop music 
or pop punk or any of those super popular styles are easy to do or somehow require less talent. In my opinion, they require more talent than the complex styles because there's nothing to hide behind. Either your idea is good enough to where millions, and I mean millions of people, will immediately resonate with it uh, out of all the noise that's on the internet, on TV, and on the radio, and constantly bombarding them. You have to have an idea that's so strong that they will immediately remember it and immediately love it. Like, that is hard to do. That's hey, the real talent. Stacy's mom has got it going on. I know, you know, it's... Uh, well, <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, I mean, filmmakers do this too, right? I'm sure you know some filmmakers and some photographers who judge movies based on technical qualities. So they like True. all these art films that are impossible to watch. And they like them from a director's standpoint. Even if the movie doesn't hit any good emotional cues or doesn't have a solid story or there's really nothing relatable about it, art and film geeks will like it just for technical reasons. And that can you can have a bad story and hide behind artsy filmmaking and still appeal to a filmmaker crowd. So with metal, a lot of guys will hide behind technique because they're appealing to other metal musicians uh, who get wowed by that shit. So uh, they get some fancy pattern from a jet band, and they think it's so badass that they immediately stop listening to whether or not the song itself, the actual musical content, is good. So it's kind of a smokescreen. A lot of metal use technique as a smokescreen. And so they look down on these uh, styles that aren't really technique or seemingly technique-based, but I'll counter that the creative technique is way, way harder to develop. And even in the classical world, see this. Um, it, my dad's a conductor. I've been to lots and lots of symphony concerts. I used to write that kind of music. I'm really, really familiar with it. And when you get the soloists coming through, like a famous pianist like Andre Watts or something, or a violinist like Hitzhak Perlman or whoever, um, you know, they come in and sometimes they would be playing an ultra-modern piece by some college professor who won some prize for modern composition. And it's totally atonal and crazy and would be like the, uh, you know, the equivalent of, like, super tech kind of stuff that you hear. And they, they sound blazing at that kind of stuff. And then you hear them do a Beethoven violin concerto, and they totally bomb. And you start to wonder, how is it that something from the 1800s, they bomb out, that's so classic and just, like, part of the basic repertoire, and then something that's so insane... They sound great at it. And then you realize, well, with something that's so insane, there's nothing to judge it against. So you don't really actually have any, you have no context for whether it's good or not. You're just kind of wowed by these sounds you've never really heard before. But then you actually hear them in a context of music that you know and music that other people can also play and who have played. And you realize that they don't quite measure up, not quite there. And it's kind of a similar sort of thing. I definitely think that it's a lot harder to be good at mass appeal kind of stuff. I think that's where the real talent lies. Well, let's see if we have any talent in our next band, Plagued by Humanity, on uh, One Minute to Midnight. 
Most decidedly not pop punk. <laughs> Most decidedly not a good mix either. It is like I have been a little rough. Man, all right. So let me just say, I understand rough. I understand rough. Like, I love Nails, for instance. And I love Emperor. I love all different manners of raw, awesome stuff. I love Kurt Ballou's productions. Like, I'm, I'm a fan. However... This mix sucks. And it blows my mind that someone would take them seriously enough to submit to get judged, but not seriously enough to get a good recording. And there's some weird logic at play. I don't really understand. And maybe they just don't know. And that's why they're doing this, so that they can find out. But, like, this mix really just sounds like all snare vocals and guitar and, like, a hint of kick and a hint of some cymbals. Like, just hints, though. It's mainly just snare. I really would say that to the band that they should take themselves a little more seriously than this. I mean, the mix is so bad that I wonder if I would like the music better otherwise. Right now, it just kind of sounds like super unoriginal slam, hardcore, metal kind of shit. And I've said it before, but I hate it when vocals are almost all on the downbeat. Like, the vocal patterns are almost identical from part to part. It's either scream, pause, or scream, scream, pause. Either the guy doesn't have that many lyrics or can't think of any or just doesn't realize it, but it's just like literally scream, pause, scream, scream, pause, or scream, scream, pause, scream, pause the entire time. There's a bunch of blast beats, too, that don't make any sense when they're there. Like, I'm a fan of blast beats, too, when they're well-placed. Like, they can really add the brutality at the right spots, but when they're not there, it's like, why are you doing this? What's What's the point? And then the mix is so bad that a blast beat just really is irritating because it's all just loud-ass weird drums. So I don't know. I've kind of got nothing good to say. You've got courses these people can take. There are classes they can take. Where can people find you? All right. Uh, Well, uh, on the subject of getting better at recording and mixing, uh, I'm saying that you should either go to a good studio or get better at it yourself and I am offering a few solutions for that. So I've got a new service with uh, Joey Sturgis and Joe Lanasek. It's called uh, NailTheMix.com. And, yeah, just go to NailTheMix.com. Basically, once a month, you get some raw multi-track stems from us, stuff that we recorded or that a friend of ours recorded that we've approved and that we mixed. And you get those stems so that you can mix them and be a part of our community where you will have a monthly mix competition where you guys vote against each other and the winner gets some sort of a cool gear prize or whatever. But not only that, um, at the end of that month, 
one of us, one of the pros, will then mix the song on a live stream. So mm-hmm. you'll get to see exactly how we did it. So not only do you get to compete against your peers, but you also get super high-quality tracks, which I know is very tough for a lot of you guys to get. A lot of you guys don't even know that you're better than you are because the tracks you're working on are so bad that how would you even know you're spending all your time fixing things instead of actually mixing them? That's not just a game changer. That's potentially life-changing for somebody. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's freaking awesome offer. Well, it's absolutely game-changing and life-changing because really bad quality tracks will generally equal really bad quality mixes. And so say that you have someone who's worked with nothing but locals that suck. Uh, well, how would they really be able to get that much better if... How would they even have the confidence to know where they're at if they're completely compromised by the quality of people they're working with. So that takes that out of the equation. Some people literally have no clients at all. And so with this, at least they're getting some practice. And you can use 45 seconds out of your mix to promote yourself. So uh, even though we don't allow you to use the entire song, um, because somebody else did mix it, and it is a real song that was released at some point, you still can use 45 seconds for your own portfolio. And then, like I said, at the end of the month, we get on a live stream and we show you exactly how we would do it. So after you've been completely familiar with the song, done your own mix, competed against everybody for it, lived with it for a while, then you get to see how one of us would do it. People are loving it. So yeah, nailthemix.com. And then another way that I can help you get better at recording and mixing is via Creative Live. You go to creativelive.com and look me up. A-L-E-V-I. I've got a bunch of courses on there, drum recording, mixing, songwriting, whatever. But I've got a really awesome one coming up on March 7th. And it's myself, the band Monuments. And it's called the Complete Metal. It's called, actually, the Metal Recording Boot Camp. And we're going to be recording a song, a Monuments song, from start to finish. We're going to go into every single step of the process, from pre-pro drum production, guitar production, bass, vocals, mixing, everything. It's going to be a month long, too. So uh, you can RSVP and watch it live for free. If you want to own it, obviously it's going to cost a little bit of money, but it's free to watch live. And I highly recommend you watching if you want to see what actually goes into recording a professional band. Damn, I, I just as like a huge Monuments fan, I, I just want to check out the new song. <laughs> right? <laughs> that too. Yeah, yeah that's I'm, cool. I'm, sto- I'm stoked that they agreed to do it because I'm a fan of theirs as well. Not just as people, but as yeah. a band. It's always more fun when you can work on a band that you enjoy. Well, even the NRA wants to extend uh, waiting periods <laughs> for selling guns to Itzhak Perlman, Sweet Little Machine, <laughs> and Plague by Humanity. The last two you can find on uh, SoundCloud. I'll leave you. Thank you very, very much once again for joining us on the Metal Sucks Podcast. Thanks for having me. Still by far one of our most popular popular segments on this show uh one minute to midnight thanks uh, again to yali before uh being being himself he's such a badass he's just such a cool dude and uh awesome and advice. yeah very good advice for everybody man you know and uh, and remember it's not about like you know slagging people it's all about growth and trying to get people to learn and 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 get something out of this and i feel it's really funny because 
you know, we've talked to a lot of bands on Twitter and so that have listened to it and taken a lot of his advice, whether it's been directly about them or not, and, you know, had, have had some success with it, you know? I, I got uh, a band that was on uh, One Minute uh, uh, last year sent me uh, the link to their unreleased album so I could listen to it, and and uh, they took all of his advice, and these, this album's going to blow your freaking doors off. I mean, That's they were awesome. really good. They were one of those bands that, that I was like, e, these guys are, this is good. Uh, but like now, like, oh, oh. <laughs> so thanks again to y'all. And of course, the bands that we had on uh, soundcloud.com. You can find soundcloud.com. Sweet little machine. And the other one was plagued by humanity. You can find uh, that at uh, soundcloud.com. Uh, slash Danny Boismer, B-O-I-S-M-I-E-R. Uh, so, uh, yeah, both both uh, good stuff there, and I'm sure all the rest of their socials are on those, on those pages, too. And I'll have to, uh, I'll, I'll try to set up some links in the uh, in the, in the What's Your Mahuga page so that people can find them as well. And then if you are in a band unsigned or otherwise, make sure that you are part of this or want to try to get into the One Minute to Midnight Make sure that you submit. I'll uh, we'll repost that link on our Twitters and all that stuff too. So yeah, make sure real that, soon, real soon. Yeah, make sure you're following us uh, wherever you can find us. Of course, you get Metal Sucks podcast uh, on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast. That way, it can come right to your device if you're subscribed. If you're subscribed, leave us a couple of stars. Tell us we suck. Also, our social media. I'm at Bearded Ape. I'm at Godless Speaks. Godless Speaks on Facebook, and also uh, at at Chuck and Godless on Instagram. And yeah. chuckandgodless.com, if you go there, you can support us on Patreon. We appreciate all of our early adopters, and uh, thanks for everybody for jumping in. Thanks again to yeah, Johan Hig. Well, hold on. I was going to say with that uh, chuckandgodless.com, the Patreon supporters are getting the back half of the interview we had last week with the guy from Today is the Day and UXO, which the back half of that interview, I'm telling you, if you liked last week's episode and you liked the front half, the second half does not come down. Does not the dude has got more to say? It's a really, really, really good, good conversation. Yeah, Steve is a really good guy, and I'm looking forward to seeing. Uh, actually, today is the day's coming for South by Southwest, so looking forward to that. So, uh, actually, meeting meeting him, having a beer too. So that'll be a that'll be a good time, man. And uh, yeah, so there's a lot of been. I still haven't gotten our extra interviews from uh, from seventy thousand tons up, but they're coming very soon. Don't worry, uh, this is so Patreon customers. Uh, we got more content coming for you that way. Some little extras. Uh, but like I was saying, thanks again to Johan Hegg for being our guest this week. Uh, Jumps Viking is awesome. Look forward to that and look uh, look for them on tour. Uh, and until next week, I am Chuck. And I am Godless. And this is another episode of the Metal Sucks Podcast. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com.